Welcome back, fellow music lovers. On this all-new episode of Discologist, we're wrapping up Season 10 with some great new or new-to-you music for you to sink your teeth into, featuring the Celtic serenity of the fire, some sublime new sounds from the A's, and finally, Black Midi is back to either scare the hell out of you or give you the supreme satisfaction of hearing one of the best albums of the year. So strap in and get ready to expand your mind. It's time to get on with the show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Season ten. Oh yeah, Ooh. they're just gonna keep going. <laughs> how much? Did, how long did we pay them to cheer for? For fifty years. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so we're gonna. It's. You're only halfway well, there. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm only. I'm only halfway there. Um. Welcome back. This is uh this is the end of season ten. Um, I don't know if anybody's been really keeping track. Um, but when we stopped, it was intentional. I was like, when we come back, it's gonna be season ten, and we're gonna split these up into half year things. So you know, we're gonna talk a little bit about maybe what we really liked earlier in the year, like not yeah. best albums, but albums that made us feel really good. Um, and uh, and one of them might be what we're talking about today, but. Maybe we'll talk about being old, uh, which, uh, you know, I am sort of sad we didn't do this while you were here. That was fun. For for people who don't know, everybody sort of converged on, on Milwaukee uh, for my 50th birthday, and it was great. And and I love all of you, and it was fucking fantastic. It um, was, we're all recovering. It was, <laughs> it was so fucking uh, joyful. Um, it was like the, uh, yeah. you know, it was like the, the Avengers uh, movie of the Chunkiverse uh, or the Discoliverse. <laughs> Uh, we, I don't want to see that movie though. <laughs> well, we, we saw it, we lived it. Um, okay. okay. And, uh, although, you know, not everyone was there, so maybe it was more like civil war or something where it's just a lot of the characters, <laughs> but not all of them. Thor was just left <laughs> sitting out. Like, right. Uh, that implies Andre is Thor, which I like that. Neither here nor there, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> at any rate, um, we got some great music, I think. I'm excited about your track because I don't know what you you have, but I know you've heard my track. Uh, and we're talking about this band, uh, Black Mini, their third album, Hellfire, which uh, I it's one of those things I don't want to say this is my favorite release of the year, right? Because then I, I sound like an indie twat. <laughs> well, but if it is your favorite release of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I cannot tell you how excited I am. I am to talk about this band with anybody who will listen. I I appreciate. <laughs> yes, I have I have observed that, and I appreciate you keeping them on my radar. Yeah. Since really, I think it really but, was with 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 Cavalcade that they really sort of you know I I was yes. I was kind of you know I missed out on the first album, but mm-hmm. but first but now but they we'll, but they we'll changed gears anyway, and now now we're living in a post Cavalcade yeah. world. If you're Black Midi, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that. Um, let's start off with like favorites about what we had, uh, this year. So, uh, what was, uh, thinking back at all the albums you bought, all the albums you listened to, like what was, what was the one that really did it for you? You know, out of the ones that we, that we talked about, um, 
it's, you know, this is going to sound like such a sort of Homer-ish pick, but, you know, I'm going to be spending a lot of time with that Broke Royals record. I may try to go. Oh, yeah. I may try to go see them in a few places um, as the year uh, winds Ooh, Broke on. Broke tour. Um, yeah, yeah. Bro tour. Broke tour. Um, the Danielle Villarreal is um, an enduring record, I think. Uh, yeah. And there will be a lot, you know, that's that one is just going to be in, in heavy rotation for a while. And then, um, you know, it's hard not to think about the Phil Cook record that we came back on. I mean, that was just such a gentle, perfect album yeah. for the moment. And which is not this year, but right. that's OK. Right. That's, you know, that's, a, that's what you're listening to. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- what, I think all of those, I think yeah. the Phil Cook one definitely um, is one. Um, I think, I, and this is something I'm just always going to defer to. Uh, if Alabaster de Plume releases an album, it's like, yeah. that's that's going to be that's going to be it for me. But also, um, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. you uh, should be honest. It is yeah, I should be. It is uh, Sunny Sits State Satan <laughs> because <laughs> that since, is a and I, I, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll put in the show notes just a picture of this or a link to how you can get it. Um, what people don't know. Well, maybe they do if they listen to this. There's a lot of great record stores around here. There's one in particular called Bullseye you've been to, mm-hmm. um, and they have a fantastic jazz section. They're one of the best jazz record stores in Milwaukee. And uh, for some reason, Luke, the guy who owns it, started getting in like all these Sunny Stitt records. So my routine is if I go up there to that part of town, <laughs> I stop by and I buy like six Sunny Stitt records for like $5 a piece. I have yet to be disappointed. But this one Satan is just like him in a smoking jacket and a cigar, <laughs> like just like Satan. You yeah. Know? yeah. It's just it's just amazing. Um, I listen to that so, so much. Like I listened to it while you were here. Like it's just everywhere. Yeah. It's a love. It's a lovely record. Um, there there have been some good, you know, there, there you know, we've I think we've both had some good discoveries. I, I, I got to share with you late uh a few nights ago, um, some of the early '80s R&B jazz soul oh, stuff that is really working 11, for man. me: the Luther Vandross, the Jones Girls, Patrice Ruchin, uh, Marlena Shaw. There are just so many names up in that mix. And I think you know the other thing that's been interesting, and, and this is sort of going down the Danielle Villarreal thread, is that I've you know I've listened more times than I care to admit to the the Bad Bunny record, but. Uh, the Adrian, um, Adrian, Adrian Quezada, who is in Black Pumas and a few other groups, has a re- has yeah, an album yeah. out called Boler- uh, Boleros Psychedelicos, so psychedelic boleros, and it is a lovely listen all the way through from beginning to end. And uh, you know, we didn't Ooh. talk about that here. We I think we talked briefly about Oceanator because we did a track, but they've been out on yeah. tour. They're hitting the road. Go see Oceanator if you can. It's a great live show. There's a lot of yeah. good music out there, guys. That's sort of a, a recurring theme of what we talk <laughs> about is that however, <laughs> however, is. whatever your thing is, there there is good stuff happening with your thing. Yeah, yeah. And there's 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 definitely more to come. I think July is a good time to take a good break, too, because it's typically a little slower and like, you know, people went hard around the like mid spring for record yeah. releases. Yeah, they, they went. That's one was like every every Friday it would show up and be like, oh, 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 okay, and just yeah. in in random places that you wouldn't expect it is, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good good little season of music, I yeah. think. Um, and then 
you know, fall. You think we're going to get into like vest music? Um, I think it's going to be, you know, I'm my my 2022 favorite songs playlist rapidly became a sort of 2022 ish because uh, there were just a lot of songs from the last couple of years that kind of felt like they were Mm. released outside of time. And now I'm sort of listening to them as I go about my business in 2022 and finding that some of them really, really work. So I don't quite know how to think of, you know, I don't know what the criteria are going to be for, for when we think of like, what are the most important releases of 2022 is it really mm-hmm. does it have to be that calendar year or is it something that you know uh, are there 2021 releases that that make the cut i think there might be for me that 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 too but i was talking about vests like sitting around a fire because it's gonna be fall <laughs> oh yes oh vests not best this is yeah v-e-s-t yes. holy shit i totally misheard that um yes let's make let's make matching vests sort of like bowling team jackets Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I wasn't going to go there, but it was definitely. I mean, look, I'm I'm in the land of Bonnie Vare. Like this <laughs> is like my my beard has to get a little little more. I have to lose a little more hair on top. Have to smoke a little more weed. My, microdose this hop tea. Maybe <laughs> you can get there. It's a, it's a whole it's a it's a whole lifestyle. I, I think I think we'll get there. Um. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that after the break. Right now, though. We're going to bring you some good music one last time. Why don't you... Well, do we have like a 20, a 20-sided die wouldn't do it? That'd <laughs> be hard to decide. <laughs> um, I don't remember who went first last time. Yeah, uh, sure. I'll, um, so I have yeah, a track here. I started to... I was really excited about this, and I started to tell you about it in person, and then suddenly I was like, oh, shit, I need this. I need this for the show. So, so listeners, that is a case of us sacrificing real world experience so that we could preserve the surprise that you get to hear uh, when we do these tracks. Um, Right before I was out in Milwaukee, I was out visiting my brother in the Bay Area and we drove out to Mendocino one day and um, you drive through a lot of areas where there's just no cell phone service at all. And, And that's really fun because you get to uh, dive into local radio and um, you know we found uh, we found a few things that you might have expected there was a you know a station playing you know Tom Petty and, and Studio Dead records um, sure we found we came across a random show for kids that was a little creepy um, and uh, <laughs> uh, of significance um, there we, we caught the tail end of this song and I had just enough of a bar to Shazam it and figure out what it was before we lost the station again and it was a song called California Highway One by a group called The Fire. And while I'm not someone who normally gravitates toward like very traditional Celtic uh, or Scottish music, um, I had just seen Molly Tuttle at the Birchmere and was sort of in this, you know, phase of just remembering how incredible it is to hear great acoustic music made and just how much technical proficiency is in it. And I literally just found myself just staring at, you know, the redwoods that we were passing. Um, and listening to this and just thinking, this is absolutely perfect. I would not change a thing about this. So this is California Highway 1 by The Fire.
Yeah. Um, you're 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 a fiddle player, Kevin. I mean, I, you know, no, actually, I'm not I'm a violin player. Very important distinction. Yes. One is classy, one is not. But but the non-classy one is much better. <laughs> like much cooler. You're, you're not you're not getting any any ladies with your with your violin playing. But bust out a fiddle. Yep. Learn that lesson the hard way over and over and over in until high you, school. Until you until you abandon the not, violin. <laughs> until I abandon the violin. And look at me now. I'm making ambient music. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So so that's great. First of all, it's not stuff I, I normally listen to, and I'm honestly shocked that you listen to it. But I see I see where you're coming from. Like where where is going? Uh, uh, one fascinating thing about that is like. If you were to take off the violin um, or the main melody part, like that could just be the underlying, uh, just pick any suspender band that you're doing. And that's yeah. like what they're playing. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think it's important for people to hear stuff like this because they don't understand that that's where it's coming from. And generally that stuff is so watered down. Like it's not, you know, you have to get this to get even closer to this. And I think this feels a little more indie too. You know, I don't know, not knowing anything about the band. I could have just insulted the shit out of them. They're like, I studied this for, like, <laughs> I have eight PhDs in Celtic music, but um, it's great. So, so they're from, they're from California. And I think, I, you know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of come from the same waters that produce like a Chris Thiele or something like that. You know, there's a real attention to the craft yeah. and to instrumentation and to sort of, you know, technical proficiency. Um, and it's clearly modern, uh, but it's just done in such a tasteful way. And, you know, you know, the part that we caught on the radio was about the last two minutes of that song. And I was just I was just transfixed. You know, it just felt like, how is this moment happening? And it was a nice reminder, too, of like terrestrial radio just allows for some amazing, you know, kind of moments of synchronicity to happen yeah. that are just, uh, you know, they're enough to make you to make you sort of, you know, even a, an angry um Atheists like me sometimes will be like, oh, maybe the universe does have some some logic. Maybe on occasion nice things happen. Right. Right. There's a wonderful radio station out in Viroqua here in, in Wisconsin called WDRT. Mm. That's W Dirt. <laughs> it's a farming community, so um, but it, it is it is out of almost like a field of dreams or, or a movie situation where it's just this little brick building that sits like on the main drag. And whoever has a show, they just show up at that time and they have their records there and they do the show and the next person comes in, the next person comes in. Uh, we listened to it the whole time when we were out there in the Driftless and it's, uh, it's, it's great. And you can get it online too. Oh, cool. So we'll show that up. Yeah. And, and look, you're going to hear a lot of classic rock. Like I remember once we were sitting there on our porch and all of a sudden it was like the Prague hour. <laughs> yeah. But then this really deep, like Grateful Dead hour of of this guy who had made the tapes himself. Oh wow! Okay, right. So they were his tapes, yeah. and they were outstanding. And wow. he was just walking you through it as if you were not a fan of the Grateful Dead. He wanted to turn you on to the Grateful Dead, so, so he was doing the choice picks. Wow, it was great. Good on, good on. Yeah, those I mean things. that's yeah. how. Yeah, music in communities and and people who are like open about it. I think sometimes it's a, it's a little bit of a. People try to hide it, you know, how enthusiastic they are about music because yeah. a lot of times people are like nerd or, you know, you're not whatever hyper pop shit is going on. But like the more people you can find that are just like, you know, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, the Grateful Dead or I'd like to talk to you about this, the fire. 
just for like 10 minutes like you're you're i think that makes the world better makes my world better at least um awesome that's good uh what i'm bringing is definitely makes my life better and a little trippier uh amelia meath and alexander saucer monic are no strangers to this podcast uh daughter of swords is the last one amelia is in sylvanesso and um they started off in a group called mountain man which is as big as sylvanesso i think now uh they uh also though had this thing where that called the a's back at um at Newport Folk Festival years, years ago. I think the first year that I covered it back in 2012. I hadn't really done anything with it. Uh, but now, uh, thanks to their everybody's hard work down there in North Carolina, they have Betty's, their studio. Um, they have Psychic Hotline, their record label. Uh, this whole self-sustainable little village of, of magical musicians that are just out in, in kind of the woods of North Carolina making this great art. Their new album is called Fruit. It is, um, I, I'll just read, I, t- I don't do this a lot, but I'll just read the, the, the press release line, the first thing. Fruit is a wonderful, weird, and whimsical collection of 10 joyous yodeling folk songs that invite the listener to cackle and cry along. That's, that's a really good description, except for add in there, like, it's probably good to trip to. They... <laughs> It's, okay. it's, it's there's yeah there there's something there's something about uh these people that have studied singing for so long and they're so they're joyful about it yeah you know i keep asking like in this season about like i singing is such a weird way to communicate but then i hear them do it i'm like oh well that, I, I i have no questions like no notes um, you're doing this. This was uh, produced by them, produced by uh, Nick Sanborn. Uh, it has, let's see, uh, Allie Rogers on it, Gabriel Kahane on it, Sam Gendel on it. It has Alan oh, wow. Parker and and uh, Jen Wassner wow. on it. And she sings, and you know, these are all covers. The track I'm going to play is a cover, uh, Harry Nilsson cover from the uh, Popeye movie, the Robert Altman movie. Um, it's just a, it's just fun. Is the best way to put it, yeah. and uh, and the video for this is is just an absolute joy that everybody needs to see. But uh, this kicks off the album uh, and has been uh, my favorite track of the spring, summer, or whatever. Uh, laying out in the hammock, so this is uh, "He Needs Me" from the A's.
It's like a diamond dance. I'll take a chance. I will because he needs me. Oh, no one ever asked before, before, because they never needed me. But I does. But I do. Maybe it's because he's so alone. Maybe it's because he's never had a home. He needs me. He needs me. He needs me. He needs me. For once, for once in life, I finally felt that someone really needed me. Everybody has given in to just getting weird. <laughs> well, that that I sounds love, just as it. good when you're not on mushrooms as it does when you are on mushrooms. Is what yeah. I just yeah. had a chance to determine. <laughs> <laughs> You've A B tested it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just delightful. This whole this whole record is really such a such an interesting. You know, you had this on, and I, I kept I kept having to sort of glance back at the speaker because I had these moments of just like, is there some very strange party approaching us or is this still the record? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a great, it's a great little thing. And it's, it's, it's out soon, right? It's, um, it's out Friday. Out Friday. Well, it came out. We're, we're taping oh. and this comes out Saturday morning. Okay. So we're in the future. So, so what you should be doing is listening to us and then stopping and listening to this, just sipping some coffee and, you know, yes. you know. Unless now 10 a.m. is like that's too early to eat mushrooms, right? Depends on is depends it? on depends on dosage. Depends on what you have planned for the day. There's a lot of <laughs> lot of variables. Depends on the weather. There's oh, a lot of a lot of variables yeah. here. I do like I you know that song um, uh, shows up on the that Carly Rae Jepsen album that you Philip and I talked about a couple years ago too. There's a there's a there's a song oh that samples God. "He Needs Me." Um, and, uh, and it's really, it's just a lovely tune. I think it's, it, it shows up in like interesting parts of pop culture. I want to say it was in Punch Drunk Love, maybe, um, the PT. That would make sense. Um, like, but that would be a specific tribute to Altman. Yes. Like the Popeye movie was not popular, but, well, it was popular for my age because it was on HBO every damn. <laughs> so you know, you just you just keep watching it and Robin Williams, but yeah. it's a wonderful film. It it's, really it's dark, but it's it's wonderful, um, as Robert Altman films tend to be. Um, yeah, 
What a time, huh? Robert Altman is making Popeye. David Lynch gets to make Dune. Like we just have such a pedestrian, such such a pedestrian use for like great directors now. Yeah. Well, you know, somewhere we split off into this this darkest timeline. Yeah. At least we get stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Get, you know, that's a, few, right. a few little glimpses of light. Um, so yeah, that is that is out now. Um, as is, I, I believe you're, it's Marigold is the album from the fire, right? Uh, correct. Correct. And that came out. Yeah, so in, and that's out now. That was a 2021 release. All right. So you'll see that in the post. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, I don't know. Hold on to your pants. This is going to be <laughs> seriously dude. Strap <laughs> in. It's going to be a lot. We're going to talk about Black Midi's new album, Hellfire. Something. I don't twitch, hearing loss, a ringing noise, new flesh, a new bump, a weightlessness, a headache, a sore limb, an itchy gash, a mirage, a tumor, a scare. And when one is fixed, another breaks. When some destroyed, more await. When it is time, no one comes. When you have time, it is up. And even from without, there is nothing you will find. Running at full speed without a dent, factory shine, always slightly out of time. Always, always dust. Always, always, always no such thing as luck. Only chance on the rock. Inevitable loss, running low, almost empty, almost always gone. Going, going, gone. Each day quicker, each day gone, lost. The more, the less, the less useless, that's that. No more, maybe at the door. It's open, come in, wash away the sin. No more lazy swans, this sad pig has had enough. No nail grows yet, all toes now green. Both eyes, blank screens, eyeballs of pig, nobody are gone. Bringing silence back again, made a tick, took a shiver, a lip, gets a stiffness, a tick, limb, a limb, useless, crack. Gone, no need. When stiff, useless, when needed, limp. Rid me of the hideous thing, gets it right in the classroom, but wrong in the examination hall. That right there is Hellfire, the title track off of Black Mini's third album proper. And uh, this band has slowly become everything to me. And and, and we're going to get into why. I think I'm going to make the case why they should be everything to you. Jordy uh, okay. Greep there on, on, on words. Cameron Picton on uh, bass and box. Morgan Simpson on drums, which is a name that I think everybody's going to be like, really knowing about in the next few years. Uh, they're assisted by Kaidi uh, Akinbi on soprano saxophone, all the saxophones actually, and uh, Seth Evans on keys. Uh, there was a fourth official member, Matt uh, Kwasinuski Kelvin, and he left uh, due to health reasons. Um, their debut album, Schlegenheim, was very different than this. Uh, it was, you know, if you're thinking you're listening to that and this is a little aggro, it, it is a lot aggro. But also the the first album, it's great, but it doesn't have the nuance that Cavalcade and this have. So it's it's not the best entry point, at least for someone like me. You know, the kids, as they say, were all about it from the beginning. <laughs> God bless them. Like they they, I, I saw them here at Turner Hall in Milwaukee, and it is the wildest show I think I've ever seen. There were kids. I don't even know what they were on, but they were just out of their mind screaming about the drummer and so excited. And he just leaned over and like sweated on them and it made their year. Like this is, and this is in COVID, mind you. This is, this is so, 
Um, but this band uh, has has a has a penchant for the theatric. Uh, John L on the on Cavalcade is an amazing video. They they are working with uh, top notch directors making uh, amazing visuals to go along with their amazing music. The one that came out today was uh, for uh, Sugar Zoo, uh, which you watched earlier today, mm-hmm. um, and like I I don't want to use the R word. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't want to say Radiohead. Yeah. I wasn't. But this is very much like. This is very much like the the rise of Radiohead around OK Computer, and I'm not caring. I'm not. I'm not like comparing the sound or this album to OK Computer, but there's something in the air, just sort of crackling around this group, that feels different than anything else going on. Well, there's there's a really, you know, the artistic vision is really ambitious. And so mm-hmm. you know, the the for me the 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 comp sonically um is is really more on the sort of Mr. Bungle side of things. That's really kind of that's the mm-hmm. that's the part of my DNA that really connects with this. I mean, this is a, this is a record that's um you know, the kinds of uh, adjectives you hear a lot for like sort of thrashy records like blistering and it takes unexpected turns. This this does all that. Um, but it does it with an aesthetic that's much more like a sort of demented circus uh, than yeah. Yeah. like a traditional rock band, um, which is probably where I get those those Mr. Bungle strains a little bit. But um but what this track does as an opener is really just um it 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 sounds like a sort of a word association but it's it's really kind of a stage setting of just a sense that um that things are getting worse um that there's a sort of franticness and there's a sense of kind of movement and um and that, you know, despite all all of our uh, toiling and all of our efforts, that that nothing good will come of, of what we're doing. But it's delivered in this in this very enthusiastic uh, kind of way. It's not it's not, you know, it, it, it sort of takes glee in its nihilism um, a little bit. And and maybe yeah, it sort of and, and it sounds like as it... part of the pursuit that we're, you know, that that, you know, we're you know always chasing decency, never adequate enough is sort of how the song closes out. And I feel like there's something vaguely optimistic about that. Yeah, it, and he comes off like a carnival barker, or the, the or the there's exasperation in it, you know. Yeah. Or, or then he's like, "Come in, come in, come in!" He's like, he's had it. He's like, "Fine, I've had, made you wait long enough. I've I've dealt with my affairs, and now we're about to get on to the the rest of the affairs." Um, there's a lot uh, that I see in Greep's writing that is comparable to William Burroughs' writing. Sure, um, I think I think the, the I think the carnival aspect of it specifically. Uh, because so Burroughs achieved chaos through the cut-up method, um, and there was a lot of joy to be had in that. But at the end of the day, his stories were fairly focused, and a lot of them took place in a place called Inner Zone, um, which was depending on what you wanted it to be. It was it was either a drug den, it was an alien world, it was a place where like literal aliens like made contact with us. Uh, it was where sin lived. It was uh, deranged, uh, but also like uh, a home for like all these people that you know his characters. Um, and the, 
the point I think that Burroughs was trying to make was that people have all these evils and and suffering and 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 fallibilities inside them, right? And there there's no way to escape that. Um, but it's only the people who recognize that that are actually happy. Because okay. a lot of the people in his books don't don't set out to hurt people. They're hurting themselves. But they're happy about it. I, I think I see where you're taking this in the context of the album, which is right. that this is largely a record about, well, it's about hell um, from, the, yes. from the perspective of Literally. people who, yeah, from, 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 from folks who, who I don't think believe in a literal hell. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know, what you hear through, I mean, I mean, there's even a song that's called, you know, The Defense, which is sort of someone's, someone's explanation of why what they do, which... Uh, organized religion would consider sinning is actually not, you know, there's that great line about, you know, the, the, the women in this, in this brothel, the sex workers spend more time on their knees than, than a Christian, um, which is a, yeah. d- uh, uh, sort of delightfully twisted, uh, and, uh, sort of, you know, just, just, just up to the line of being problematic thing to say. Um, and they, and they do that very well on this, on this record. It seems to be sort of a catalog of, of human uh, grotesqueness uh, sometimes, but with but there's but there's humanity in it, right? So the guy who gets tricked into committing murder feels a deep sense of shame about it. He knows he's been played, right? The word mm-hmm. I think the word idiot shows up a lot on this record, and it's this idea of just like be careful. Yeah, in the in the race is about to begin. The opening line: "Idiots are infinite, thinking men are numbered." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just you know, there that, there are so yeah, many that, that type like that. of. Yeah, and 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 in that in that sense, you know, there's also um, because they're from London, um, and again, this doesn't sound like Pink Floyd at all, right? But I, I see a lot of like there, there's something in the attitude of Roger Waters that has made that music uh, persevere, and I and I think now, especially after Cavalcade, uh, and this is a much rawer album than Cavalcade. Um, and it's a shorter album, but but I I think uh, you're seeing these these kids, and they are kids. They're, they're not long out of high school or art school uh, that weren't raised like in the destruction of London in World War Two, right? Right. So this is a, this is a generational jump, but they're feeling the same thing. You know, they're also really interested in world building and in making music mm-hmm. that is conceptual and narrative and you know even to the point where i think the press release kind of lists preferences for some of the fictional characters um on this record uh you know sort of what instruments they like or what what uh, yeah, yeah, what football yeah. team they support uh Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's just delightful because as you as you you know if you listen to this with the lyric sheet in front of you you really do begin to get a sense that this is this is a narrative arc with with recurring characters um, and it's really fun to kind of try to figure out what what story is being told here and I'm not, I'm not sure that I that I have yet but uh, but yeah. I feel like I'm a little bit closer. I want to I want to play the uh, alternate title track for this. Uh, Welcome to Hell. Right now, they made a fantastic like anime video for this song. Um, but this is one of the themes. Uh, uh, one of the themes is is war, 
but it's it's because hell is um maybe they're saying that war is hell um that it should come out so close um to the ukraine war ukraine russia war um it could be a protest i i know a lot of these songs have been around for a little while but also uh we don't live in europe and so i know that that can be like ever present like still that type of thing um there there is an amazing uh line in here die for your country does not win a war to kill for your country is what wins a war um at 50 i don't know if i have that clarity within me like you know to cut just just come by that uh and so it's a remarkable line It's it's a it's a great song here's a little of welcome to hell Freneticism of that song is just, uh, you know, it, it, it's 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 a night on the town, surely, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you can do anything, and 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 there's parts of it where they're worried about: is this person gonna is a spy like trying to convert you to like the other side? Like it's just a fascinating, uh, you know, back to Roger Waters. This song and a lot of other songs on this kind of remind me of the trial from the wall. Where it's just okay. completely like unhinged from reality, um, and but also dealing with like the darker things that make our reality, and that's why it's unhinged. In the wall, it's because the guy can't believe he's such a shitty person. I don't know that that's what they're saying here. I think they're more like on the outside, just pointing at it, like, "You see this? You see what's wrong here?" Um, but the effect is. After you're done getting like beat up by the song, it's like you, you really sit back and think about like your place uh, in this black midi universe. Yeah, and and well, you know, it's it it does seem like a little bit of a sort of a catalog of um, seediness, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is appropriate for uh, for a song about short leave, and and it really it really kind of exalts in uh, you know the um, 
Oh, sniveling fox staining the street. Luckily, I don't shoot you on the spot. Bullets were made for men like you, the impotent idiots God forgot. That's just such a such a wonderful right. turn of phrase there. Um, uh, worthy of, you know, Philip Larkin or someone like that. But um, it's just, it's, it's you know, where, where, where I don't quite, um, and this is kind of back to that plot point. So Private Tristan Bongo is introduced here and he will show up mm-hmm. later in the album. Yes. And... Is this, uh, gosh, I want to ask, like, I just want to ask, like, plot questions. So, so, so my, 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 so, you know, we've, we've, um, this album is set in 2163. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's triggered by events that happened on February 31st, 2163. And apparently, things take a turn there <laughs> and things get bad yeah. is what I can tell. Yeah. And there's yeah. a sense of Tristan Bongo maybe overstaying, right? That, that, that sentiment, like I stayed, I stayed, I waited, right? Um, keeps showing up mm-hmm. like, like he's not ready to move on, I think. And that maybe, so there, so maybe, you know, being in between things is its own form of hell. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I think that is, you know, he's he's definitely between like his old life and now the new life. Yeah, um, that that he has to experience. There's, you know, there's some characters that show up. Uh, they're implied in uh, on Cavalcade on Diamond stuff. There's a, there's a mine um, that that isn't really diamonds. It's uh, let, let's hear a little bit of that because this song's horrific, uh, and it is. Uh, we'll tell you what it's about after after we play it. This is Eat Man Eat. Oh, my God. 
So if you're following that journey, these two soldiers find this mine in hell. Maybe it's at the outskirts of hell. Maybe it's not even literal hell. You know, it's it's not necessarily clear. Uh, I think it is though, because uh, this captain is basically feeding soldiers uh, and then hooking them up to some sort of machine that extracts the uh, acid reflux, essentially. And then that gets fed to Satan, I think. <laughs> so we're so we're sort All, of in yeah, uh, yeah. we're sort of in mad god terrain here, is what you're saying. We are in mad god. Absolutely, we're in mad god yeah. terrain. Yeah. And you know, it's it's horrific. And these guys mm-hmm. go in because they're like, oh, we have some like respite here. We can do. This. And then they realize this is being done to them. Uh, they leave, and he chases after them. Uh, there's also like the the there's a layer of these two soldiers are gay. Uh, and that's not okay with in this narrative. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he sort of the captain, he screams at him, you know, that you're basically going to live with this for the rest of your life, this pain, um, which is a whole other layer to the what you think is going on here. Um, and it's it's just absolutely like brilliant writing. In pairing that with how spastic but controlled Morgan Simpson's drums are, like how everything is, they, they will go from these beautiful like string sections and orchestrated and like counter melodies upon counter melodies to just just completely spazzing out, and 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 it's and it's a whiplash that, to my mind, very few people can make work. Uh, they've been compared to Zappa. I I honestly I won't listen to Zappa. Um, because I don't think he lands it, and and these guys do for me every single time. Yeah, I can definitely hear. I can definitely hear the 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 Zappa um, alleles in their DNA. Um, and and like you, I sort of don't. You know, that's that's not always for me. I think I think Zappa Zappa was also you know not, arguably too prolific. Uh, maybe you know maybe mm-hmm. maybe sure. maybe a little bit less would have gone a little bit further. Who am I to say that someone doesn't like Zappa? Um, this, uh, you know, the way that they, that these songs come together for them is a combination of sort of, um, you know, sort of traditional composition, but also a lot of it they pull from kind of jams that they record and they then go in and find yep. pieces that really turn out really interesting and they then figure out how to assemble them. Is that is that a fair assessment of their process I, I think it is from everything that, that i know about the band and and and, and to add to that uh, i will add like that there is you have to understand like these kids are like 22 right yeah, yeah so they grew up in an age where all kinds of music was okay like they were not siloed like somebody you or my age was for for a really long time right. their genre, so their genre when i say something so when i say something like there are moments on hellfire where Greep's flow sounds like Kendrick. It makes it makes perfect sense. Um, there's a movement I think to get him to release a rap album, um, but you don't. You know, in the, in this crazy prog, just wonderful mess, to have him and be able to recognize that that type of musical idiom buried within this, it's. I mean, it's absolutely fearless for someone like us. I think for them, it just makes sense. Why? Why wouldn't you do that? Well, it and, and it has you know there are elements of this that remind me of like idols, for example. Um, except yeah. it's idols like 
refracted through, I don't know, Dante or, you know, Boccaccio's Decameron or something like that. Like, it's just a, a mm. very lysergically uh, altered uh, version of, of idols because it doesn't seem to be rooted in anything, you know, immediate, concrete, or or political, right? Frankly, political. Um, yeah. This this song does feel a little bit like it's sort of a, a, a feast, you know, that, that idea of kind of eat, men eat. It reminds me of late career weights, too, the sort of uh, blood money, yeah. Alice kind of stuff. Um, or even mule variations, like what's going on in the shed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and I will say that when he when he said to whiskey, onions, and chili, eat men eat, I kind of thought, oh, is this is this about my weekend in Milwaukee, but with malort and mushrooms <laughs> instead? Of- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but if you think when when that song takes a turn, if you think about what he just fed them, and what that does to your, like your intestines, and it's just like it's it's a it's vile imagery. The covers of their albums are always these like hellish paintings. Um, the videos have started to become a little more unhinged in that respect. You know, the John L. video has this remarkable like dance routine, um, and it's a, it's a it's a frightening song about essentially a cult leader. Um, and rising to power and how that will eventually destroy everything. And eventually like this, these people are, there's blood raining down on them, but then they're happy about it. It's, uh, it's just masterwork. That was on Cavalcade. Uh, the video that came out today, I want to play this song because for me, this is, I think one of the most direct outside of welcome to hell. This is probably the most direct narrative, um, on, on the album. And what it's saying is, is very direct. I don't, I don't think it, it, leaves room for any uh interpretation other than the you know, humans love violence and <laughs> that's yeah. it and that, the, this is this is sugar Sue. this video came out today so check it out if you can will show me to be the greatest the world has ever seen a genius among non-entities Yeah. 
rang through lips to the front of the crowd. Some sugar came over. Some sugar came over and shook my hand. He turned away and I shot him in the back. Some sugar came over and shook my fucking hand. He turned away and I shot him in the back. My sons raised his arms. Ground champ while sugar bled on. No doctor on the scene. The audience won. This tale of a uh, uh, three-foot freak, you know, shooting. who stops a boxing match, yeah. who stops a boxing match by shooting one of the people <laughs> in the ring, and. You know, it makes it very clear. He gives the people what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And then brags about how the guy he killed wouldn't be shit without him. Um, that's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's Those are some. Yeah. Uh, that's you that's know, brass. And, and you could translate it into, you know, where we are in America, all the shootings here, incels. Oh, yeah. Um. But I think it goes deeper than that. I, I, I think, and this was Burroughs too, I think what when people see something or are faced with something horrible like this, they like to think, oh, not me, not in my backyard. Uh, when in fact it is, it is you, it is everybody. You you, you have that capacity. Um, and this, this track doesn't really give you a way out to like, you know, be like, because cause you're, you're like into the whole story, right? Yeah. You're like, wait a minute, what is this? Is this a mutant? Is this what what's going on? And who are these guys? They're lead weights. What does that even mean? You know, they they weigh tons. Like and and what kind of weird fucked up future is this where every of our like worst impulses are now amplified to their cartoonish end? And yeah. You know, that's hellfire in a nutshell, honestly. <laughs> Well, it's interesting to me, too, that the album, you know, it ends with a series. It ends with a series of questions and then kind of a sort of grotesque comedy. Um, and I, I guess it's sort of Freddie Frost's final performance and it's described in a lot of detail. And then he comes up and says, well, I have 27 questions to finish the song. And he only asks 26, I think. Um yeah. And then he dies. <laughs> yeah, and then and, and the crowd laughs, and the crowd laughs, right? Um, yeah, yeah. We all just laughed it. at the saddle like, oak and laughed all the way home. He starts off with, "Does there exist a marriage that can survive castration?" <laughs> yeah, very, uh, you know, um, clockwork orange. Yeah, yeah. A future where a man can go years without hydration. See, so going through these. Uh, Will I forever be a, a, a mediocrity, a hideous, hideous glut with trembling knees? Yeah. It, it, In death, will I see the girls of my daydreams? Uh, <laughs> will my corpse grow a beard? <laughs> and my sperm be reared? Like, this is so, uh, so of the beat time of Burroughs, of all those guys trying, of uh, Bukowski. Like, it's, it's, uh, I mean, but that it's so com tightly packed into all this is what, is why I love this band so much. Quinn was like, Quinn's so excited that I love this band. He's he's younger. He's like, 
He's like, I can't believe you love this band so much. I'm like, dude, this is just like what I grew up reading. This is this is how like this is the type of art that really I I just like get into because it just speaks to me. Like it, it's it sounds truer to me than a lot of other stuff. Well, it, that's an interesting way to to think about it because it 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 really is. I mean, I mean, it's it's conceptually very very um, ambitious and also very kind of unique um you know it's it's a it's a series of i'm trying to think of folks who 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 set records in a in a fictional future and it's sort of janelle monet mm -hmm. um you know there's a few there's arcade a, fire what's that <laughs> arcade fire okay oh i didn't i i don't uh, i don't consider them yeah. a band uh they're a branding <laughs> they're, they're, a bra they're a branding exercise um a branding exercise nice yeah um, but, but, you know, it's, it's really, you know, that, that ambition, if you don't, if you don't lock in on that, it's, it's easy to just let this album kind of pass you without really latching onto it, without trying to kind of hook into it and figure out yeah. what's, what's happening. Um, and, um, and it really does pay off, I think, to to kind of to to dive into this and really, you know, because it, it's it's a great way to understand the mind of the people, the, the minds of the people creating it. Um, yes. And it gives you a sense of, of how they see the world. And it's like gloriously fucked up and hilarious. Yeah, I, I think it is it, it, for, for me, it's very much, uh, you know, back to the Roger Waters comp. There's a split in Pink Floyd fandom, right? Where they're like the wall, and then the final cut is like, no, that's off limbs and stuff. The problem is, is the final cut is is the best Floyd album from a Waters perspective. He distilled all these like awful things and really awful things. And what he was talking about, he was yelling at politicians. Uh, but this is no different. These are these are you know the, these these characters from the final cut in hell uh, on this. And I, and so I think if you're a fan. Like if I had to do like a recommend, if you like, if you're a fan of the final cut and and you understand why that's such a tremendous piece of work, then you you need to go out and get all of Black Midi's albums now, um, because they are Radiohead did like to a point, but they also, in hindsight, gave it more of a little pop sheen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, I don't know if they mixed in too much punk in it. I I, I don't know why they didn't get that sneer right. But Black Mindy does, I think. No, I, I, I agree with that. And that's um and that's where that's I think what differentiates them from the sort of um kind of bungle stratosphere, some of those very out there bands mm -hmm. that sort of did these long, complex, um unexpected pieces that just will suddenly turn violent or will kind of, you know, lash out at you when you don't see it coming. Um, this, yeah. this feels like the realization of a vision in a, in a, in a way that, and I realize there's chance in there and that this is a band that works out new material on the road. They like to see how it, how it feels live. But, but ultimately this is, this is one of those where they've made it very easy for us to listen to this and look at it and understand what they set out to, to accomplish and for us to judge their success. I think it is a successful record. I think it, 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 it kind of accomplishes yeah. Uh, uh, it, it fulfills their vision. It executes on, on, on what they, on what they promise. And, and for that to happen on, in such a, you know, in a, in a record that goes into such idiosyncratic territory is really, is really unexpected and really kind of a gift. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's when it's uh, you know it's like an alabaster plume record. Yeah, it just does something does something absolutely you were not expecting that um, sometimes makes you not feel great. But at the end of the day, it's like yeah, this is this is pretty much everything that I needed. Yeah, out of a record. So. Hey, plus, yeah. can't so, wait, can't uh, wait you to know, see go, these guys live. I was I was stunned to learn that the that the core group really is three people. I mean, that was that was something that listening to them, I, right. I just could never have imagined that it was anything fewer than twenty five people. Yeah, well, they do they do collaborate with uh, Black Country New Road, okay, and 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 it's Black Midi New Road, and there's some wonderful videos of them. They'll just play a pub, and they're playing like Fleetwood Mac and Bruce Springsteen covers. Oh, wow. You know, to to my to my point about them just growing up on everything and an omnivorous like uh, hunger for this music and and this is how it comes out and they've, it's just they've covered Taylor Swift man. so you know I'm you know I'm good with that yeah 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 so uh, Hellfire is out now uh, the A's Fruit is out now the Fires Marigold is out now uh, everywhere I think most of these are on. Well, Bandcamp. I yes. know these two. My my copy of Hellfire is is in the uh, in the mail. So yeah. it is I'm gonna I'm gonna be ordering that soon. So, yeah. So we're gonna. That's it for uh, season ten. Um, congratulations to our friend Ryan Walsh. His album is finally out. Yeah, I just I mean, got it's it. Been out. I just got it. Yeah. Did you just get it? Yeah. It's his album. I'm you, which we talked about. I'll repost that. But uh, it finally came on vinyl. He did the Bandcamp campaign where you like. Everybody chips in to, to fund it, and uh, it's here. Yeah, and sign, it's amazing. Sign, so I hope lyric you have a copy. sheet and everything. It's it's really glorious. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, coming up in next month, we have off. I think you're gonna probably see a lot of fish. So I don't know how that's gonna. I'm gonna see a bunch of other things. It's not just fish, okay, listeners. Don't think yeah, okay. that all I do is okay. go see fish live. I'm gonna see it's hop along. Mostly of it. Well, I'm I'm gonna see fish with you though. I'm yes. I'm gonna be in the DC area. Yeah. I think uh, going to be down there at Meriwether Post, um, and then uh, yeah, I mean, just fucking. I know International Anthem has a bunch of good stuff coming out. I know Blue Note always has good stuff coming out. Yeah, uh, I know we want to talk to people more. Um, all right, so we will be back in probably late August. Sounds good. Um, until then, there's 15 episodes this season. There's 500 before that. Um and uh oh one last thing. Thank you to everybody who bought uh my name was Gus. Yes. Love like, it. We put it out as a bonus put put it out as a bonus episode. So I think we're gonna be doing that too. It's like as I if I do music like that, it'll just be released as a bonus episode. You can buy it at Bandcamp. Um, but for everybody who's enjoyed that, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Um and uh you know, tell your friends and hopefully it helps you like zone out. Yeah. That shit gets crazier. Monkeypox is coming for you, man. Ugh, it really I, is. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll be back. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you between now and then, dude. Yes, you will. All right. Later. Later.